Sit how I want to fucking sit. That's all right. Welcome to Let's Apesta. Am I in hell? Are you David <laughs> Irwin? <laughs> what? Steve. Oh. <laughs> Whoops. Hi, I'm David Irwin. I'm a time. I'm Steve's tax accountant. Um. Ugh. So, uh, man, it's it's definitely uh. It's been some time, hasn't it? It's been a long time. Yeah, it's been a long, long time. Ah, uh, have you missed me? No. I wasn't asking you. Well, maybe you should learn to clarify. Well, maybe you should ask me. <laughs> maybe you should. So, uh... I know, I know before this, there's going to be an episode I recorded with Tenron back before all this shit started, but today is March 24th, and uh, we're in the midst of what is now probably considered a uh, pandemic by the time this episode comes out, which is crazy to think about, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, we're sitting here drinking... Some vocal whiskeys. Can we call Tenron Coronron Ochran? No. So, (laughs) I recorded a random episode with him, and then all the the world just kind of went crazy all of a sudden, and uh, everyone lost their shit, and everyone asked for personal space, and we're kind of in the middle of that right now. I remember... I was talking to my brother and we were just kind of, you know, asking each other how long we think this is going to last. And I, I probably said like a week or two and now it's probably looking closer to like three. And luckily enough, if not four, all the counties around us are on do not leave your house lockdowns. I mean, PA but, has, a, has but, a historically low amount of. But our county, which is in the dead center of all of these other counties, is technically not on, like, a can't-leave-your-house lockdown. So, you know, this might be a a rare gem, depending upon how apocalyptic things get in the next few days. It's It's really interesting that I think recently, and I'm not even making this up, I think recently the episode I did with Tenron about Ebola has had, like, a ton more views. And, like, Ebola is so much worse 
than Corona, folks. Like, people are surviving Corona. People don't really survive Ebola. <laughs> so, you know, I think what's happening is probably... It's, pro it's honestly probably worse than I currently think it is. But I'm, I'm like, historic for low-balling national threats. Oh, yeah. Like, I really didn't think 9-11 was a big deal. <laughs> oh, you might need to cut that, man. <laughs> That's too soon. It's not soon enough. So, you know, it's being categorized as a flu. I had a flu in 2017, and I still walked six blocks uphill in the snow to go to class. Like... I don't know. I think I think people older than us are probably having like a hard time and they're definitely more vulnerable, but right. like ultimately like I think we are in our age range 30ish. I think we're okay. First child just died in California. What? First child just died in California. Like a child. Oh no, kids under the age of 10. No, kids are totally susceptible. They're saying if you're anywhere from 16 above, you're okay. I mean, second case in Pennsylvania was 34. We're younger than that. <clears throat> yeah, it's hitting everyone, though. It is hitting everyone, but I think it's also a person-to-person -person basis. I think even though you and I are the same age, I think you would die from it, and I wouldn't. Because I don't have immune system problems, and you do. Yeah, it's called uh, year-round allergies that I have to take allergy medicine for every day. So, you know, thanks, Mom. Thanks, um, sperm donor. And, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I hate my life. I don't know. I just... I never really medicated as a kid. I've always, like... When I've gotten sick, I kind of just give it two weeks. Yeah. You raw dog it. Yeah. And yeah. when it really comes down to it, like... My system for getting over anything has always been go get some Tussum, some whiskey, and just fucking go to town. <laughs> so it's like, there's so many generations that are going to be fucked by their, like, overuse, I would say, of antibiotics throughout their lives. And it's like, I rarely went to the doctor as a kid, so I think I'm okay, honestly. But it's like, when was the last time you had a flu? It's been a long time, but okay. I also don't get the flu vaccine. So past five either. years. I'm more susceptible to sinus infections. Sure. For aforementioned reasons. And I'll tell you a big thing. When I lived in Vermont, I almost was never sick, except for my, like, allergies. Zinc. People always look to vitamin C. They think vitamin C is this huge savior. But I gotta tell you, you need zinc to survive. And you know what gives you a lot of zinc? Beans. I was gonna be like, come. Well, <laughs> no. Beans. Z yeah, beans give you a lot of zinc. In fact, you know what? Let's just let's just do a little bit of education on this channel. Sure, I'll I'm get gonna, educated. I'm gonna jujul it. Yeah, you do right? that. I'll do this. Z-I-N-C. I picked up a nice sativa. Uh, what's it called? It's a terrapin, whole flower. <clears throat> Shit, do I really not have So to? zinc, ladies and gentlemen... Uh, metabolizes your nutrients and maintains your immune system. 
and it helps to grow and repair body tissue. Hell yeah. You don't store it, though, so you need to eat enough of it or take essential vitamins with it in. Surplus coming to town. So, number one is meat. Meat has a lot of zinc in it. Hell yeah. Shellfish. Suck that dick. Legumes. Chickpeas. Lentils, beans. I eat so many chickpeas in Vermont. So many chickpeas. In fact... 100 grams of cooked lentils You ate so many chickpeas, you 12. now consider yourself like Mediterranean? Yeah, baby. Give me that tzatziki sauce. <laughs> I, I became so, again. I became so Mediterranean, I don't even consume cum anymore. It has to be the finest, freshest tzatziki from my olive skin men. Goat milk. Nuts. Nuts also has a lot of zinc. Peanuts, yeah, cashews, do. dairy, cheese. So, eggs... Whole grains. Cheese. Dark chocolate. And then a couple of fruits and veggies. So what I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen, you want to have zinc. Zinc is an essential mineral, and eating enough is important because you don't maintain it. So fucking get it every day, baby. folks. Lots of pasta episode 156 with Franz McBoogie. Eat your zinc. He's claiming the cure to coronavirus right now. Uh, is zinc. And also not listening to Trump speak. That that would be another... That's a good one. That's another that's a nice, good one. That's a follow-up. So, what I was going to say was, my dad is probably 51, and he, when he got the flu at the same time as me, he was incapacitated. He couldn't, he couldn't get out of bed. He was tossing and turning, moaning in a ton of pain. Like, he had been, like, literally, like, on the brink of death. So, at the same time, I'm waking up at 5 a.m., going to my 8 a.m. classes in the middle of winter, you know, doing the whole commute to and from the longest school day in history. And, um, I was perfectly fine. And I got through that flu. Pretty lickety split. So... I just assume it's going to be a case-by-case thing for people. Some people are just naturally weaker than others. I think it's just really, you know, everyone stay kind of, you know, watch your surroundings. Be careful of your context settings, you know, like, understand that if you're going to be around people, you know, what you have to look out for and what not to do and just all that stuff. Because I think, like... I think the people saying stay at home, don't go anywhere are a little bit stupid, just a little bit, because, like, I had to go to the grocery store on Sunday, and, like, there were tons of fucking people there, so if, like, any one of them was sick, like, honestly, like, there, there was no point to any of this social distancing thing, so it's just, like... You, even in those types of settings, you still have to watch yourself, so I actually think the people saying like don't interact with anyone or like kind of overreacting i know it's worse in some places than it is around me but it's also just like the people ignoring it completely are even more in the wrong because you have to be aware of what's happening wash your hands right sanitize Use sanitizer if yeah. you can even find any yeah uh and protect Franz McBoohoo at all costs, because yeah. I'm susceptible, folks. Protect me. I'm number one. So, even before this whole corona thing started, I was kind of keeping to myself, because I was in a show, um, I was going to perform at the end of March, I was already sick, and I didn't want to get sicker. 
Um, I had a respiratory infection, probably from smoking too much dankers. So I cloistered myself away for probably two weeks, avoiding all contact with everyone, leading up to the week before my show. And then I found out my show is getting pushed back to June. So here we are. We're going to start recording and putting out episodes again. I imagine the minute I have like five of them, I'll probably start putting them out again. Um, probably not going to be until like April-ish, May-ish, but um, that'll be now for you guys. We're recording this again in March in the middle of this corona thing. While we have some time, you know, I'm working from home. Your work has kept you home. Um, a lot of people have lost their jobs. It's, it's an all around crazy situation, but I also felt that, you know, it would be a good time to also get the podcast started up and back out there. Cause I'm sure other people are sitting at home and other people are going, you know, bored out of their minds. And people <laughs> so. are like, whoa, I wish I had some slightly racist and also funny material to listen to. <laughs> whoa, I wish Browns McBoohoo would make a comeback. He hasn't been on in forever. <laughs> well, guess what? I'm back. Yeah, baby, yeah! I'm a sexy bitch! So... Uh, as you can tell from, oh, this sativa is so good. It smells fucking terrible. Oh, it's beautiful. Feeling those cookies too. Feeling a little, whew, a little. Hmm. We're like, we're like three dog in this shit. I got whiskey drink, I got some weeds, and I got some cuckoos with a little bit of that herb, and it's good. Okay, so let's hop into that recap. The last episode Frowns was on that I don't have a number for. I think it was 154. I want to say 154. Was a Christmas episode uh, before we went into hiatus. And um, who was it? I think it was Star ended up telling me, hey, you guys only read like half of that story. And I was like, what? Like, you got, you're full of shit. <laughs> I was like, you're full of shit. And she sent me the link, and she was right. We still had, like, four parts left to read. So I'm going to do a quick summarization of the story we have read on that last episode to lead up to this episode, because it did end kind of abruptly. And I remember turning to you and being like, <laughs> I wonder if there's more. And, um... Well, I can't remember, because I have more important things to think about. So why don't you film I'm me? Steven. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm high. I hate you! Fill me in. Like, let's, let's take it back. Like, what, what, what even happened? So, the story is called, What Happens When You Write a Letter to Satan Instead of Santa. And it's about, like, a a young girl, I want to say, like, anywhere from 6 to 10. And she writes, accidentally, writes a letter to Satan instead of Santa. And her school sends it out um, with the, the spelling mistake. And it ends up actually getting to Satan, who responds accordingly to the single father of this girl. And he responds by sending 
a giant, almost zombified teddy bear named uh, Franken-Teddy, who you voiced kind of like Pennywise, and it was really good. And um, he kind of just protects and takes care of this girl. And the dad who judged him at first, because he's a giant demon teddy bear, um, has come to kind of uh, take a liking to him, almost as like a pet that takes care of his daughter. Was he... Did he like Cheetos? What was his snack of the Yes, boys? he liked Cheetos a lot. You didn't remember that. That I gotta tell you, that Frankenweenie across the way is giving me the evil eyes. <laughs> Good. <laughs> and I don't like and it. I don't like it. So, um, that was like the first part. The second part, um, he was explaining the dad. The dad likes to call Satan and kind of complain about these things because Satan wants to keep giving gifts to his daughter and and he keeps wanting to say like well you know i could use help but you know he's worried to ask satan for anything else because satan's stuff is always kind of double-edged like it's as good as it is bad so he ends up asking satan for help and satan sends like a babysitter like a hot like demon chick Oh, and she's the, like a succubus, right? Or something? Yeah, yeah. And she ends up falling... Well, he ends up... The dad ends up falling for the succubus babysitter, who's I, I think is called Hatchet Face. And you kind of voiced her like Ghost Princess. Okay. And um, she is an interesting character. You could tell she's hiding something. Like, he overheard her talking to Satan about like a secret project last episode. Um, and in this one, or in the last one, um, Satan wanted to take the girl out of school and send her to, like, witch school. And he ended up sending, like, a witch teacher that the, um, that the dad had in, like, elementary, Mm. who you voiced, like, a shitty version of Medea. Nice. (laughs) And, and, uh... That teacher is trying to teach the daughter magic. Isn't there a bitchy receptionist that he keeps calling? Yes. <laughs> yes. And she's just How some, may I hell you she's today? She's just some Jersey skank. Okay. Yes, you um, did like a Jersey mother for that great. one. Great. Um, I did the narrator, I did Satan, and I did the dad. Great. So that's where we're at. I remember the, the way it ended on the last <coughs> part is kind of like the dad goes to take a shower after hiring the teacher, and it turns out that Hatchet Face was, like, skulking around outside the bathroom, like, doing something in the bedroom, and when he confronted her about it, she lied to him, and he noticed it. So he knows Satan has a plan, and that's kind of what he said. He's like, I know Satan has a plan, and it deals with my daughter, I just don't know what he's doing. And that's where part six left off, and that was, again, probably... Episode, like, 154. It was the last Christmas episode we did, because Franz and I just always do Christmas episodes together. So this is going to be, I think, Christmas episode 5, but it's mostly a part 2 to the stories read in Christmas part 4. So you'll understand. It's That kind of makes sense. Um, do you have any expectations about where this would go? If, if, if I were to ask... What I think the ending think would Sa- be. Yeah, what do you think Satan's plan actually is? Alright. I bet he's gonna stuff them all in the bear. And then he's gonna fuck that bear. And make the dad watch. Alright. 
So that's Franz's guess. Um, If I remember correctly, um, everyone almost assumes that the daughter is Satan's daughter and not the narrator's daughter, which is why Satan's taking such good care of her. Um, But I'm afraid to see where the dad kind of lines up in all of that so i could actually see the dad dying he hasn't been mean to the dad though like no he doesn't really been... know the dad he doesn't really care about mortals he really has his eyes set on on sarah what if he fucked a human uh probably i know that the narrator says his wife died i don't know how from his big flaming cock just it's an idea. <laughs> burn her from the inside out. It's an idea. Oh, yeah. That whiskey is good. All right, so... <clears throat> Better get this show on the road, because I'm getting a tired boy. <laughs> it's fucking 8 o'clock. Well, that's what happens when you give me an edible and whiskey. What did you think was going to happen? One, one makes me tired. But I'm high. I, mean, <laughs> I just like how you explain... You always you always blame your fucking tired highness on other shit. Always. Because it's not my fault. Because <laughs> that, that ain't... It's not my fault. Because penis enlargement pumps ain't my bag, baby. By Austin Powers. I swear to governess, <laughs> it's not mine. <laughs> All right. This is What Happens When You Write to Satan Instead of Santa, Part 7, The Culmination of Satan's Plan. It's too bad there's not another character I could give Austin Powers to. <laughs> I'm sure we'll, we'll still have more characters. Or, or, you think so? Yeah, they introduced a new one last part. I don't remember anymore. I stared disbelievingly at the page I'd torn off in my hand. The symbol was the same one I saw in hell. There was no doubt about it. I heard a rustling from behind me, and Mrs. Hatchetface's voice said, Do you need some help with that, Mr. Rogers? I crumpled the paper in my fist and quickly stuffed it in my pocket. What was that? Miss Hatchetface asked. Oh, it was a cute drawing Sarah did in class. I lied. That's lovely. Miss Hatchetface smiled, but the joy didn't quite touch her eyes. Resting there was something more akin to suspicion. Well, I'll just go get that desk for you, she said, stepping around me and lifting the school desk as if it were nothing. I watched her carry the desk off to the garage before sliding the paper out of my pocket once again. I pulled up my cell phone camera to take a picture, then stuffed the paper back into my pocket, resolving to get rid of the evidence that I'd soon been stooping later. As I was doing so, something else caught my eye. The remote of minor inconveniences was just laying carelessly discarded on the coffee table. I grabbed the little black rectangle with purple buttons and stuffed it into my pocket as well. I stood there in the middle of the living room waiting for Mrs. Hatchetface to return so that I could try my best to act natural, but she didn't come. Confused, I went back to the garage to investigate. I put my ear up to the door, but all I could hear was a faint murmuring. I edged the remote out of my pocket, scanning to see if there was something that might help me to hear better. 
My eyes roved over the many buttons, taking in things like flaming burps, two left feet, hairy tongue, before finally settling on one button, a button I'd seen Sarah use on Frank and Teddy once called Dumbo Mode. I took a hard swallow in anticipation of what I knew the remote was going to do to me, pointed it at my head, and pressed the button. Instantly, I felt a disturbing sensation as my dick... <laughs> as Frantz's eyebrows went to the ceiling. They went through the ceiling. As my ears became numb, but not numb, like someone with soft gloved hands was pulling on them. But instead of hurting, the ears just expanded like silly putty. I felt at my left ear and discovered that it was now roughly two times the size of my hand. <laughs> I pressed it to the door. The indistinct murmurs had now become hushed whispers, quiet but clear enough for me to make out. I know, I'm just getting close to the mic. You don't have to. Why do you gotta keep telling me to live my fucking life? <laughs> I keep telling you we should have these conversations in hell. Came Mrs. Hatch's face's urgent whisper. In hell! I strained my giant ears listening for another voice, but there was none. I think he's starting to suspect something I told you not to send that old woman. There was another gap in the conversation as Miss Hatchetface listened to whoever it was. Yes, yes. I told you she's almost ready. I've never seen anyone learn the magic so fast. You must have been right about her. Just get construction done on your end. There was another long silence and then the shuffling of feet coming towards the door. I darted back into the living room as quickly and as silently as I could, padding up the stairs as I fumbled with the remote of minor inconveniences. Then I ran into a fuzzy brick wall, scratched that it was Frank and Teddy. Time slowed as I began to fall backwards over the stairs and I wondered if they'd been able to shrink my ears back down after I died from a broken neck. But I didn't die. Instead, an enormous furry paw reached out and grabbed me by the front of my shirt, yanking me roughly back to my feet as he pulled me to a stop. My giant ears wobbled ridiculously. He just wants nuzzles. <laughs> Pardon me, Lord Rogers. Frank and Teddy's voice boomed at least twice as loud in my giant ears. It's okay, really. I just need to get by so I can... It seems you have altered your appearance. Frank and Teddy droned on, oblivious to my wincing at the monster's cacophony of his voice. A wise decision. Your nose looks much smaller compared to your new ears. I... Wait, what's wrong with my nose? There's nothing wrong with it. It is glorious and noble like my father's nose. Oh, well, that's nice. He was a toucan Sam doll! <laughs> right. Thanks, Frank and Teddy. I heard a delicate throat clear, and I turned to see <laughs> Miss Hatchetface standing at the foot of the stairs. Tits out, pushing out that puss. She's ready for him to come in and take it. Oh my! She said her voice choked and strained as if she was trying to hold back laughter. <laughs> what happened to your ears, Mr. Rogers? I just got fooling around with the remote, I said oh. sheepishly. Do you know how to reverse it? Oh, I can do more than reverse it. Flip it and reverse it. Drop a pussy on the floor and burp it. <laughs> and work it. And burp it. Why? Can you burp a puss? Right? Yeah, actually you can. Oh, gross. <laughs> I need a minute. I feel like I'm going to vomit. That, that just was too much for me. 
just hit the previous channel button. <laughs> she laughed. I pointed the remote at my head and did as she said. My ears shrunk down, but then I heard the sound of ripping fabric and there was a new, peculiar sensation I'd never felt before. It felt like... Miss Hatchetface? Yes, Mr. Rogers. Do I have a pig's tail? <laughs> yes, Mr. Rogers. How do I get rid of the tail? Hit the mute button, Mr. Rogers. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you? I pointed the remote at myself and hit the mute button, and I felt a slight breeze through the hole in my pants where the tail had been. I felt a slight breeze through my hole. <laughs> Your appearance has been restored to normal! Franken-Teddy boomed. Your nose once again is the glorious apex of your face. Thank you, Franken-Teddy. I needed to go upstairs to the study and get some work done. Of course, Lord Rogers. Frank and Teddy stepped to the side, and with some difficulty, I managed to squeeze past him. I went into the study and pulled up my laptop, opened up the web browser, and began scouring the internet for information about the pentagram I'd found. I pored over dozens of websites, ranging from the encyclopedic to the downright disturbing. Finally, I found what I was looking for. The website was down a link rabbit hole, the URL just a string of random numbers. It was the kind of website that search engines don't index, that you can only get to the following link after the previous link haphazardly stumbled upon it accidentally, but I had found it. It looked as if it hadn't been touched in years, like those old blog websites from the mid-90s. There was only one page and no other explanation except for the blood-red letters that peeled out of the solid black background, and a carbon copy of the pentagram I now saved on my phone. I leaned in closely and I could see the light from the computer screen bottom lighting my face in the black reflection of the screen as I scanned the article. The Ritual of Ahmud Magar. The Ritual of Ahmud Magar is perhaps the most ancient and powerful of all satanic rites. To understand this ritual, you must first understand that the realms of Earth and Hell are separated by a dimensional barrier. The barrier is impenetrable, but it's not perfect. At certain places on Earth, places where great evil has occurred, there exists tiny cracks just large enough for the souls of those who perpetrated the evil to pass through. An act of extreme evil may even allow for some demons to send a piece of their souls through the cracks and haunt those who visit such places. The ritual of Ahmad Magar works to widen these cracks so that larger demonic souls may escape back up to the Earth's surface. And then, as I read the last paragraph, my mouth went dry. My tongue felt as if it had swelled up, completely cutting off my air supply. I heard a sudden ringing in my ears. This rite is only theoretical and has never been used, as it requires the Dark Lord Satan himself to perform it in Hell. It is said that if the ritual is performed within concert with Satan's direct descendant on Earth, the Dark Lord himself may return. And then I heard a voice behind me. Hello, Darren! I whirled around in my office chair to see Miss Robbins standing in the open doorway, those ancient and hateful milky yellow reptilian eyes glowering <laughs> at me over her thick fishbowl lenses. Yeah, that's my deal, alright. 
How, how did you get in here? I thought the door was locked. Miss Robbins only clicked her tongue and moved closer to me. You're not going to stop Satan from taking over this fifty little rock you call Earth, she said, wagging a finger at me. You're too late. The ritual had already begun. Two thoughts went through my head at this point. <laughs> where the fuck did she get that accent? <laughs> and where can I learn? <laughs> One, Miss Robbins looked more like a frog than ever. Two, I still had the remote of minor inconveniences stuffed in my back pocket. Before any, any more thoughts had time to fleet across my consciousness, I'd yanked it out of my pocket and begun mashing buttons randomly as I pointed it at Miss Robbins. Word. But her voice was completely cut off as a blast of silver light hit her directly in the tongue, making it grow to a monstrous proportion <laughs> and, <laughs> and flop out of her mouth and onto the ground. She yelled at me, <laughs> hurling a ball of green fire directly at my head. I ducked just in time, and the fire shattered off the wall behind me, sending off little green sparks that ignited the carpet wherever it landed. I seized the office chair and hurled it at her, and she ducked. I managed to pound a couple more buttons. The first blast missed and hit the wall, causing a huge patch of wavy purple hair to erupt through, shattering pieces of drywall. But the second blast struck her right in the stomach, sending her toppling over backwards, covered in orange and silver feathers. She sprang back to her feet with a surprising agility, heaving a black blob at me that I deflected into the wall with a laptop. I dropped the laptop when I realized that a dozen little oily hands had grown out of it and began reaching out to grab me. I hit her with one last blast of bright golden light, and she burst into laughter. <laughs> At first I thought she was mocking me until I looked down to see that I'd hit a purple button shaped like a hand that read Tickle Fit under <laughs> Triumphant and merciless, I marched towards her, mashing the volume button over and over again. Her laughter first became a scales and then thunderous shrieks as I tormented her. Distracted by my task, I became aware of two things far too late. The first was that beneath the tempest shrieks of Miss Robin's laughter, my stares were screaming in protest as heavy feet took them two at a time. The second was that a bit of green fire had dripped down from the ceiling of my study and landed directly on my head, and in two seconds my hair would be completely engulfed in flames. His stare was the stairs were screaming? People were coming up the stairs. Oh. The culmination of those two events came at the same time as Frank and Teddy appeared in my doorway from downstairs, and I felt white-hot fire as it touched my scalp. You are on fire! Frank and Teddy boomed as he hurtled the shrieking Miss Robbins and raced towards me. Allow me to put it out! Frank and Teddy, no! But my cry went unheeded, and darkness enveloped me as Frank and Teddy's monstrous paw came crashing down on my head. I awoke in my own bed, the faces of my demonic family and Sarah staring down at me. I noted with pleasure that Miss Robbins and Satan were both absent among them. I reached up to feel my scalp and breathed a sigh of relief when I felt hair there. The relief was fizzled out, however, and when I saw that, the few loose strands that came off of my hand were wavy and purple. Miss Hatchetface's face wrinkled in concern. 
Are you okay, Mr. Rogers? Yeah, I'm okay now. Well, that's... Oh, shit, that's Satan. That's Satan. Well, that's good. A familiar voice sat from behind me. You gave us quite a scare there, Derek. I tilted my head up to see Satan grinning down at me. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I think you mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> So that was part seven. I think we should just hop into part eight. This one's called Road Trip with Satan. I closed my eyes and rubbed my aching head, trying to remember how things had spiraled so far out of control. I started with a little typo, and now I'm having a little apocalypse right here in my living room. <laughs> Look, Satan, I don't know why you're here on Earth, but can it wait? Now's not really a good time for me to be caught up in whatever you're planning. I'm trying to finish a novel right now. Well, I could come back after you finished, but I was hoping to get out of hell before it froze over. I sighed. If you're going to show up uninvited, you could have at least given me a warning. I thought you'd be happy to see me. Satan, in the short time I've known you, you've turned my house into a zoo and my daughter into a conduit for satanic magic. Why would I be happy to see you? Satan rubbed his chin. First off, who doesn't like the zoo? <laughs> Frank and Teddy cleared his throat. Right. Sorry, forgot about the whole bear thing. But seriously, Derek, your daughter was already oof. Miss Hatchetface elbowed him in the ribs, and he stopped talking. Look, I said, if you want to take over the world, I can't stop you, but you can't stay here while you do it. Take over the world? I'm the CEO of hell. Why would I want to take over the world? Miss Robbins said you were going to take over Earth. And you believe that old bat? She was just trying to get your goat, Darren. That's how she is. I do not understand how a goat is involved. We both paused, looked at Frank and Teddy, and then turned back to each other and continued as if he didn't say anything. <laughs> okay, and if you're not here to take over the planet, then why are you here? Well, being the CEO of hell is stressful. You've got to deal with all those earth politicians and oil executives all the time. I needed a vacation. So I decided to come up here and take my daughters to Disneyland. What? Don't get me wrong, we have theme parks in hell too, but riding the blood luge for the billionth time is a little uninspiring, know what I mean? Not even a little. I sized and squeezed my eyes shut, rubbing the lids until little fireworks shot in my vision. Fine, let's go to Disneyland, I guess. Well, it's closed right now, then, so we're <laughs> There we have it! Satan clapped his hands together. It's just a nice, wholesome family trip to Disneyland, is all. I'm ready when everyone else is. You mean now? Yup, the cab's waiting outside, Daniel. We all packed while you were unconscious. My name's not Daniel, it's... But my head went all fuzzy as I tried to think of what my name was. Oh boy! No, this is me. Can I pet that dog? <laughs> Can I pet that dog? Can I pet that dog? Oh Can boy! 
Frank and, <laughs> Frank and Teddy really did a number on you, huh? Don't worry about it. I've got a great doctor down in hell. He'll fix you right up. He can even take that nose down a couple sizes while he's at it. Jew. He's famous up here. You've probably heard of him. Uh, really? What's his name? Dr. Mangala. No, thanks. No, thank you. Same. Before I knew it, suitcases were being tossed into the van and we were all playing. Piling in like sardines in a can, all of us except Miss Robbins. I didn't bother to ask where she was. Miss Hatchet Face was wearing a long black skirt that hit her tail. Satan had simply put on a suit and a cowboy hat, insisting that this made him look human. Frank and Teddy was dressed in an enormous fuzzy brown teddy bear suit. I look ridiculous. He dropped himself into the van's back row of seats. The van tipped to the side under his weight. But you're already a teddy bear. If, if anything, you just look cute now. It's not my mission's objective to be cute. The taxi driver eyed us in his rear view. Are you guys going to some sort of convention or something? He asked in a thick Brooklyn accent. We are escorting the offspring of Satan to the magical land of Disney. You what now? Don't listen to him. We're just a normal American family going on our weekly trip to Disneyland. Right. Hey, wait a second, Satan. Didn't you say we were bringing along your daughters? Where are they? Satan tugged on his collar. They're, um, waiting for us at the park. Don't worry about that. Miss Hatchetface cocked her head to the side and gave him a quizzical look, but he didn't say anything. Soon we were on the road. Satan and Sarah were sitting in the van's middle row while Miss Hatchetface was squeezed into the back seat between Frank and Teddy and I. We had wanted to put someone in the front seat, but the cab driver had insisted that he needed to get his golf clubs there, even moving them out of the trunk to do so. We were about 15 minutes on the road when a thought suddenly occurred to me. Hold on a second, I said, turning to Miss Hatchetface. Why are we taking a cab? I can just drive us. She smiled at me. Do you remember what your name is again in September? <laughs> no, it's not. She What's asked. Your... Well, well let, me, let me actually do it now. Okay. Do you remember? <laughs> God damn it. Do you remember what your name is yet? Of course I do. It's, uh, but my head went all fuzzy again when I tried to think of my name. What is my name again? Your name is Mr. Sillyhead. <laughs> oh, wait, this is Sarah. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. Your name is Mr. Sillyhead, Sarah giggled, turning around and squinting those bright blue eyes with unrestrained childhood joy. Frank and Teddy turned his big fake head towards me. I was not aware of your name. Apologies, Lord Sillyhead. Satan didn't even answer. He was leaning over the back of the front passenger's side seat and grinning at the driver, asking him questions like, How'd you get your skin so tight? And do earth people drink blood? <laughs> I felt Miss Hatchetface's warmed hand close over mine. Your name is Darren. Oh, shit. Yeah, bitch. Hop off. Your name is Darren. 
Her black eyes glistened like ink-colored jewels. My name is Darren, I repeated. The next thing I remember is rolling up to the gates of Disneyland and piling out of the van, likely the oddest group of tourists to ever darken the Magical Kingdom's doorstep. The cab driver seemed like he was in a hurry to get rid of us, so he nearly slammed the door on Satan's arm when Satan opened to give him a tip. The driver took one look at Satan's outstretched palm and peeled out of the lot, muttering an impressive stream of curse words and something about crazies. What did I do? Satan asked innocently, holding up his upturned hand. Are those human finger bones? Of course. We don't use that money here, Satan. Oh, well, where can I exchange it for human money? Try the police station. Nice try, Jerry. I shrugged. People pointed and whispered at us as we passed through the crowd at the gate, and before I knew it, we were at the front of the line. The Disneyland employee selling tickets was a young, pimple-faced teenager. With braces, his mouth hung open so low when he saw us that I thought his tongue might fall out. How many? The 742 offspring of Satan demand entry to the magical land of Disney. Also... Us five. What? <laughs> Satan turned his collar and grinned at the kid in the ticket booth, swirling his finger in a circle around his temple in an international sign for crazy. Hold on, Satan. Didn't you say your daughters would be waiting for us? They're, um, uh, already in the park. Did you just call him Satan? The kid asked. Satan's just my nickname. He threw the kid a wink and said, You could call me Mr. Satan. And for $9.99, you can call me whatever you want on my OnlyFans. Hashtag Brad's McBoohoo. You can call me whatever you want. And I'll jerk off onto whatever name you want me to. I'll type it and print it out and jerk off on it. $9.99 a month. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Take the tickets. <laughs> Just take the tickets. Just take the tickets. <laughs> the kids <laughs> thrusting the tickets under the slot. But I didn't give you any money. Hey, that's okay. This was on me. Wow, what a nice young man. Satan said, turning to us and handing the tickets. He turned back to the terrified ticket seller and grinned. <laughs> I know you're not allowed to accept tips, but we'll keep just this one between us two. He then slid a finger bone under the slot in the glass. The ticket seller's eyes blew up to the size of golf balls, but Satan had already turned his back towards us. All right, he said. You guys go on and have some fun. I need to handle some business. Without waiting for our response, he simply turned on his heel and strode off into the park at a brisk pace. Miss Hatchetface stared at Satan's back as he left, a little wrinkle in between her brows, as if she was considering something. I wonder what Satan's daughters look like. I said to no one in particular. Miss Hatchetface responded. I said I... Freaking Teddy! Yes, Lady Hatchetface. Can you take care of Darren and Sarah for a bit? I need to go check on something. 
I am honored that the lady would entrust me with such a... Uh, my lady, I've not finished speaking! But Miss Hatchet Face either didn't hear or didn't care. <laughs> didn't give two shits, bitch! Because she was already 20 feet away. <coughs> silk squirt. Her silk, silk, silk squirt. Squirt. Silk <laughs> skirt swishing Squirtin'. around her hips as she hurried after squatting. Purse pussy squirt. <laughs> Sarah turned and looked up at me, grinning. I want to ride all the rides, she squealed. Well, you little bitch, then we will ride them all. People turned to stare at Frank and Teddy as his singed baritone cut through the ambient noise of the park. I hope they have the blood luge. When we arrived at the first ride, Frank and Teddy was sorely disappointed. What do you mean I'm not permitted to ride this ride? He boomed at the cowering teenage worker. It's really a safety requirement, sir, due to your size. <laughs> if... <laughs> Frank and Teddy. <coughs> Give me a sec. <laughs> Switching between the two. Yeah. If I'm too small for your ride, then I will enlarge myself. Enlarge? I shall enhance my size. Oh, uh, yeah, baby, yeah! <laughs> it's okay, Frank and Teddy, I said, smiling and patting him on the arm. I'll take Sarah, and you could wait here with the nice employee. He's gonna enlarge himself, so. I swear to God, Vanessa, it's not mine! <laughs> I swear! <laughs> The employee looked rather sick at the prospect of spending more time with Frank and Teddy. Can we get ice cream after? Of course we can. I want a human blood-flavored snow cone! At this, the ride attendant turned so white that even his pimples weren't red anymore. Go, blimey! <laughs> we left Frank and Teddy there and climbed on board the ride. Sarah screamed with joy the entire time, and when we got off, she was hoping... She was hopping around me in circles, her hair askew and sticking to her face. That was the B-E-S-T best, Daddy. Can we go again? Can we? I almost said yes before I saw Frank and Teddy. He was sitting on the ground with his legs splayed out, staring directly at the teenage employee who still towered over, even sitting down. I couldn't see the expression on his face, though, through, teddy, through the teddy bear costume, but I'd guess he was glaring. <laughs> We'd better go get some ice cream first. Frank and Teddy. Screech! My voice was washed out by the overwhelming screech of microphone feedback, and then a familiar voice came through all of the speakers. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, Satan's amplified voice echoed. We at Disneyland have a special treat for you today. Just then, Miss Hatchetface ran up, panting. Little beads of sweat dotted her forehead, and her hair looked as if it had attempted to fly away. I try to stop you! She gasped out, taking big, heaving breaths between each word. He's going to... But she ran out of breath and couldn't finish. <laughs> Satan's voice continued on, bouncing off the walls of the park. For some time, we have been considering an interdimensional partnership with our colleagues in Hell. However, due to some problems during the negotiation, Satan decided... Uh, we decided to simply give the park to Satan and his demons. Isn't that wonderful? All around the park, people were staring around in all directions, mouths flopping open, like fish as Satan went on. Like a fish. So... 
If you don't want to participate in the grand opening of the very first Hellscape on Earth, I suggest you leave within the next 10 seconds. I half expected there to be a mad stampede for the gates, but people just stood there dumbstruck, looking around as if some rational explanation would suddenly jump out of the hedges. What Dut what did jump out of the hedges was not an explanation and was definitely not rational. I heard the screams before I saw the reason for them. Big purple behemoths were erupting from under the cobblestone streets, sending pieces of pavement flying. Little leathery creatures buzzed around like mosquitoes on rainbow-colored wings. Sarah screamed as a 30-foot snake slithered past us, then screamed again when the snake came back and asked where the bathroom was. The behemoths smashed into the rides with huge stone clubs, and the air was filled with clouds of dust, splinters of wood, and chips of shattered brick. The ground beneath us cracked like a humongous egg, and new rides exploded forth, tangled masses of ancient yellow bone and twisted metal. Purple flames erupted around the gates, erasing any hope for escape. People scattered like pool balls after a break, tripping over themselves and running into walls. How is he going to get away with this? I asked, turning to Miss Hatchet Face. The U.S. government will send the National Guard down here in a heartbeat. Miss Hatchet Face gulped and shook her head. Goo. The government's initiated a massive cover-up. It's part of the terms of the sale of a high-ranking politician, so... The intercom screeched again, and suddenly the park went still as we paused to listen as the voice of Tina, Satan's secretary, came through. Can Mr. Darren Rogers please report? I can't remember how to do it. Jersey, Jersey mom. Oh my god. Let me tell you. Can Mr. Darren Rogers... Can... Oh my god, Mr. Darren Rogers! Oh my... I'm turning into a friend rusher. Oh my god, can Mr. Darren Rogers please report to the front office? I repeat, can Mr. Darren Rogers please report to the front office? Thank you. I could feel the color drain from my face as the others all turned to look at me. I swallowed hard. Thinking that whatever Satan had in store for me, it most likely wasn't good. But then I felt a small finger wrap their way around my hand and squeeze. I looked down to see Sarah smiling up at me. Don't be scared, Daddy. I'll go with you. Do you think that's where Panic at the Disco got the name for that song? I sm- a fever you can't sweat out? No, Sarah smiles. Sarah smiles. Sarah smiles. Cause Sarah goes, goes to Disneyland. She's got Satan star and I'm dead. The point of the story is I was going to transition it into me saying, hey, I'm tired. But you kind of took it from me. I smiled back down at her, and we started off towards the office. Together. Forever. We're halfway. If not. Part nine. Disney hell. Who knew that we, this was going to take a Disney twist at the end? I didn't. (laughs) Now watch me fuck this bird. (laughs) I've read many 
Disney creepypastas before. Well, you know how many I've read? <laughs> how many? 69. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. You want to open up a franchise of theme parks across the continental United States? Satan nodded and he adjusted his tie in a wooden framed mirror on the wall. That's right, Devin. But why? What do you mean, why? He looked over me momentarily. For the same reason anyone does anything, Devin. Money. What? You you live in hell. What could you possibly want with Earth money? Well, first of all, Satan said, giving up on his tie and sitting down at the desk, which had used to belong to the park manager. I never wanted to live in hell. Satan took a little round mirror out from his pocket and began picking at his teeth, and I took a moment to scan the walls behind him. Mascot heads were mounted behind it like hunting trophies. I'd hoped the costume heads were empty. Second of all, he said, flicking a large piece of lettuce across the room, do you have any idea how expensive a human soul is? I didn't know you could actually sell your soul. I thought that was a myth. Well, I can't, but any creature that has a soul can. You mean you don't have a soul? Of course not, Satan said, grinning at himself in the mirror. Because you're a demon. Because I'm a CEO. Oh. Look, Derek, I've got big plans for us. Us? You? Me? Sarah? I've always pictured my total dominion over hell and earth as a family business. Unfortunately, most of my daughters take after their mothers, who all happen to be crazy. Satan, do you maybe think you're the one who... And in case you haven't figured it out, Sarah is my direct descendant on earth. A thought flashed through my head with a twinge of pain, something about a ritual... I tried to seize on it, but it was useless. The thought was gone. That's absolutely ridiculous. Is it? The ritual of Ahmad Magar is the ultimate test, Derek. Nobody but my direct descendant could have widened the portal between hell and earth enough to allow me passage. How is that possible? Well, the 70s were a crazy time, Darren. Sexually, I mean. Who's to say there aren't thousands of little half-demons running around on Earth? I mean, we've all seen Honey Boo Boo. <laughs> what does Honey Boo Boo have to do with anything? Exactly! And yet, whenever I turn on the TV, there she is. Give S me a dollar, make me holla, Honey Boo Boo, chow. Satan? Yes, Jerry. Can we please get back to something relevant? I thought Honey Boo Boo was culturally relevant. Well, no, it's not 2014, and besides, I meant relevant to you taking over the Earth. Oh, yeah. I'm going to take over the Earth to make money. Exactly. To buy souls. Bingo. If you're taking over the Earth, can't you just take people's souls? Satan shook his head aside. A soul has to be willingly given, Devin. Don't you watch horror movies? Actually, I don't like horror movies, and I don't get it. What are you going to do with all these souls? We sell them. What? 
don't really have time to explain the basics of the free market to you, Jerry, but buy low, sell high. That's the gist of it. At this point, I realized that I was getting nothing out of this conversation but a headache. I brought my hands up to my face and rubbed, letting out a long sigh. Mr. Rogers? Miss Hatcherface's voice came from behind me. Do you mind if I cut in? Please do. With all due respect, Satan. Mr. Satan. With all due respect, Mr. Satan. Have you really thought this through? Who on earth is going to buy human souls? Well, I expect the humans will buy them back at inflated prices. It's not too much fun having your soul owned by the devil, after all. So you want to make money so that you can buy souls? And you want to sell the souls to make more money? Isn't that a little circular? (sighs) Look, you're overthinking it. It doesn't matter if the plan makes sense. It matters if it makes money. Is it still me? No. Where on earth did you get a business degree? Online college. Miss Hatcherface smacked the palm on her forehead. Look, Satan. Ring. (laughs) Sorry, I have to take this call. Satan picked up the receiver and held it to his ear, and as he listened to the person on the other end, the grin slowly melted from his face, replaced by a frown and a furrowed brow. Are you absolutely certain? That's impossible, already? He paused. But we're on Earth now, surely they wouldn't... What? Earth, too? Satan's frown deepened. What am I supposed to do about it? There's some things that even I can't... Yes, yes, I understand. I'll be right there. Satan looked as if he had aged ten years in the course of a ten-minute phone call. His normal, carefree grin had been replaced with the lines of deep worry. He let out a deep sigh and rubbed his forehead. He put on a forced smile and looked up at us. Well, I've got good and bad news. He just found out he got corona. (laughs) Right. The bad news is that an urgent matter in hell has been called to my attention, and I need to go see it immediately. And the good news? The good news is that I'm turning my Earth operations over to my direct human descendant. Wait a second, you can't possibly mean... That's right! Sarah is now acting CEO of Disneyland Hell. Disney Hell, well... Picking a name can be her first act as CEO. She's five years old. Yes, yes, they grow up so fast, don't they? Don't worry, it's a small matter, really. At the very most, it should only take a couple thousand years. Before I had the chance to protest, Satan had vanished in a roar of flames. The room was silent. We all stared at each other in disbelief. All of us except Sarah, whose grin was slowly spreading from the corners of her mouth to let a burl face. That means I get all the cotton candy I want. And diabetes. We all sat and fold out chairs behind the podium where the captive demonic and human populations of Disney hell milled around below us. Sarah was standing on a stool so that she could reach the microphone on top of the podium, fumbling with a piece of paper. 
whose a speech Miss Hatterface and I helped her write with unwanted additions from Frank and Teddy. Frank and Teddy had taken off his head of the, of the teddy bear suit the moment we'd arrived in Satan's office. He now sat on the side, absentmindedly licking a red snow cone while it melted and dribbled down the front of his costume. Friends, Sarah began nervously. Demons, I have gathered you here today to announce a change in Disney Hell management. Satan has gone away on urgent business, and in the meantime, I will be your acting CEO. I cringed at this last part. Sarah, Sarah announced it. CEO. <laughs> You may be wondering what that means for the future of the park, for one, all cotton candy is now free. A raucous cheer went up from the demons in the park. Fuck you! Yeah. <laughs> they start like ripping heads off and shit. Secondly, all flies of butter are not to be harmed on pain of death and eternal damnation. The demons nodded in a few yeah, confused moments. Yeah. And the mutters went up from the humans in the crowd. Thirdly, Sarah said, folding the paper up into a neat little square and placing it in her pocket. Have fun! The demons broke into applause once again. I wondered if they might not be used to a less relaxed work environment. Hell, there was an awkward silence for a moment as the humans and demons below wondered what they were supposed to be doing. And finally, the giant snake that had asked Sarah for the directions to the bathroom spoke up. Let's get this party started. He said, slithering up to a little boy and his terrified parents, Climb on! The little boy did as he asked, awkwardly stumbling onto the snake's head. The snake lifted the boy up fifty, then a hundred feet, and tipped his head backwards, and the boy slid down the snake's enormous back as if it was a giant slide, gliding over the bumps and kinks in the snake's body. Finally, he rocketed up the upturned tail and launched into the air. The snake positioned his head underneath the boy. Was he gonna eat him? My worries were quickly allayed. The boy hit the snake's head with a soft thud, and the snake lowered him down like a crane next to his parents. The boy shivered, pale as a ghost. He opened his mouth to speak. That was awesome! It seemed like an invisible dam had broken, and the children flooded around the demons in the new rides. Sarah turned and looked up at us happily, if a bit smugly. I don't get it. They're not afraid. Me neither. Perhaps I can explain. We looked over at Frank and Teddy to see him, to see the snow cone had melted all over the front of his suit, and I wondered if he got any. In his mouth. I'm a dirty bitch. <laughs> For beneath my fearsome demonic exterior beats the heart of a child. I felt the urge to ask him if he meant literally. The heart of a child is still capable of being shaped by the world around it. Children do not hate or fear those who are different than them without good reason. They are accepting and embracing the joy and wonders that the world has to offer without suspicion. In this way, children are wiser than even the most learned scholars among us. A fly landed on my nose and then flew away unperturbed as I stared at Frank and Teddy in silence. Finally, Miss Hatchetface spoke up. 
That's a, that's beautiful sentiment, Frank and Teddy. She turned to me. I didn't like the sound of that phone call at all, though. We need to find out what Satan's up to. Frank and Teddy interjected again. I am also privy to the Dark Lord Satan's secret plan. You what now? Miss Hatchetface sputtered out. Why didn't you tell anyone? Frank and Teddy merely shrugged. Nobody asked me. <laughs> tell me. Oh, Frank and Teddy, what <coughs> will you learn? <laughs> All right. Last part. All right, thanks. And oh, what you want to hear Cantina again? All right, great guys. <laughs> oh part ten. Let's go to hell. Oh, we're already there. Oh, we're going to hell. Let's go to hell. We're going to hell. Yeah. All right. We all sat looking at Frank and Teddy in the dim torchlight of the Disney Hell management office. He just explained what Satan intended to do, though the why was still a mystery. What do you mean he's going to close up hell? Hatchetface sounded astounded. He believes that the future of hell is not stable. He wishes to relocate all operations to Earth. But why... What does Earth have that hell doesn't? <laughs> A great many things. Lord Rogers. Cotton candy. Cartoons involving talking sponges. Yeah, man. And perhaps most importantly... That dankers. Oh, 420 glazes. Legalize it. It doesn't have human souls. Such a face cut in. That doesn't make sense. If human souls are what Satan wants, then why go back to hell? I'm gonna burp. Just give me a sec. Just do it, man. Just let it fly. Just let it fly, man. Just fucking do it. Dude. I didn't want to do it. It's stuck in my throat. Just fucking do it, man. Alright. That's gross. Why not stay here and oversee Earth operations? I do not know the answer. He seems to believe there is some imminent threat to hell's safety. The words of Satan's phone call echoed in my mind. Earth, too, he said. I wondered. He could be planning anything. I can't get a handle on that guy. One minute he's all smiles and friendly, and the next minute he's raising a beloved family theme park to the ground. Miss Hatchetface shook her head. You don't want to know the half of it. I'd be surprised if even Satan knew what his plans were. He's always been a couple dice short of a Yahtzee. What is a Yahtzee? It's a game where it's, uh, it's just off. a way of saying Satan is crazy. Of course. We need to find out what he's up to. Miss Hatchetface said her face was stern and determined. How? He's all the way down in hell. 
Do you know where he went? Frank and Teddy? I do not. And how do we find him? I have an idea. But you're not going to like it. What is it? If Sarah really is Satan's descendant, demons will be compelled to obey her. We could find someone who knows where Satan went and track him down. Isn't hell dangerous? Not for the descendants of Satan. I scratched my chin. All right, let's do it. You want to go to hell? Please don't put it that way. Let us make haste to the kingdom of Satan. That's better, I guess. Frank and Teddy lifted up his arms. And dropped that pussy. And bla- oh, shit! And black and purple flames surrounded us, whisking us down to hell. We arrived to a red wasteland of yellow bones and black smoke. The sky was blood red, and the clouds were bruised purple. Obsidian cliffs crowded the landscape, and the air had a sulfuric tang. Where are we? This is supposed to be Satan's office. It's gone! Where do we go now? I scanned the horizon, but it was empty except for a colossal blue rock. There, Sarah said, pointing at the rock. There, the rock? It's not a rock. What do you mean it's not? (laughs) The rock stirred, sat up, and began to pick its nose. Oh. What I saw could only be described as a troll. It had thick, scaly blue skin and sat on the ground with its legs splayed out like a drunk toddler. It had two stubbly white horns that looked like they'd been chipped with a jackhammer. It was clothed in nothing except a raggedy loincloth that had been served as a tent for a family of five. It pushed itself up with a stone club the size of a Buick and stared dumbly at us as we approached it. <laughs> we were bathed in a hot stink of its breath as it growled. Can it talk? Of course I can talk. I was just clearing my throat. Oh, I'm sorry, I just... I'll have you know that I have a PhD in demonic studies. I doubt it. Okay. (laughs) The troll demon reached into one of the pockets of its loincloth and pulled out a pair of gold-rimmed spectacles. He pulled a rag from another pocket, wiped them off, and put them on. Now what do you want? (laughs) We were wondering if you knew where we could find Satan. (laughs) The demon patted its huge bell. Last I heard, it was on Earth. I have a PhD, you can't. You can't. It? Do you know what happened to you? Where is Satan's office? <laughs> the troll demon rubbed its chin. What should I tell you? What's a I... demon rub? <laughs> the, the troll demon rubbed its chin. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was a... De- he said the troll demon rubbed his chin. I mean, I kind of mean, sure. Like, what, what qualifies a demon that. rub? I You know. prostate rub I opened my mouth to respond but Sarah patted me on the arm and said I'll handle this one daddy she stepped towards the demon and puffed out her chest my name is Sarah Rogers and I'm the direct descendant of Satan I command you to tell us what you know 
a human descendant of Satan, not likely. <laughs> the demon growled so loud that the earth shook below our feet and our hair was blown back by its rank breath. You sound like you got a cold. Would you like a throat lozenge? <laughs> I am in pain! Can you not tell the difference? <laughs> uh, no. Why are you in pain? I cannot refuse an order from one with the blood of Satan. What do you want? <laughs> tell us everything you know. I know quite a lot. I have a PhD in demonic studies. You already said that. Just tell us the interesting stuff. Fine. Satan's office was here. Now it's not. <laughs> I was asleep. I didn't see what happened. That's it? Do you have any idea where Satan went? He has forbidden me from telling you. I cannot say even to his descendant. <laughs> wow, this rock's a real stoner. <laughs> I'll kill you! <laughs> There's another earth-shaking roar and the demon fell to his knees. He went to the gate of Orektar! The demon dropped his club to the ground, sending up a cloud of red dust that all but blinded us. He was a shadow. In the dusty fog as he seized his head with bones hands and with both hands and roared without warning he grabbed the club again and swung it at us he caught frank and teddy in the shoulder and the bear went flying stop sarah yelled the demon smashed his club down next to her missing by inches the ground splintered and chunks of dust rock went flying Rawr! He swung the club at Miss Hatchetface, and she stuck her hands out in front and caught it as he slammed into her chest. The blow sent her back 20 feet, but she didn't let go of the club. She leapt on top of it and dug her did. bare hands into the stone Fuck. as the demon raised it for another strike. Yeah. I rolled out of the way as the club came crashing down beside me, and I looked up to see Miss Hatchetface clinging to the She's demon's head. She's giving him a demon rub. He grabbed hold of her and pulled her off, squeezing her in his enormous mm. troll fingers. Something smashed in the back office. You know, doing a little demon yeah. rub. Take it. You're looking nice. You're looking yeah. nice today. You're looking. <laughs> you're looking hefty. Oh, you look good enough for a poke. <laughs> you look good enough for a stink. <laughs> you want to make a little stink, you little piggy? Yeah, you want to go make a little stink back there? You I would love thingy? nothing more. <laughs> <laughs> you think I'd go back there with you? You think I want to... You stinky little piggy. <laughs> Disgusting. I loved her. And you blew it. <laughs> you blew I it. it. Capiche? You blew... Capiche? <laughs> I don't think any of that's going to carry over to make sense to anyone, but it's hilarious. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we could talk. We could talk about that. We didn't talk about that. Um, anyway. You look good enough for a poke. <laughs> <laughs> you look good enough for a poke. <laughs> okay. I, uh, I looked over. Oh, shit. 
Um, the demon raised its club to strike again, <laughs> but there was a bright flash of silver light, and the demon's head grew ten times its size, sending him toppling headfirst to the ground, unconscious. I looked over to see Sarah holding the remote of minor inconveniences. Frank and Teddy stood panting with his hands on his knees, and Miss Hatchet Face still wasn't moving. I ran over and knelt beside her. Her eyes were closed. I bent down to see if she was breathing. It's, it's her forehead smashed into mine as she lurched forward to sneeze, and I saw stars. Sorry. I'm allergic to hell dust. It's fine. You got a really hard skull. She grinned. Thank you. Frank and Teddy walked up and held out what looked like a polka-dotted piece of tablecloth. A handkerchief for the lady hatchet face. Uh, uh, sorry. Oh. But where did you get this? From my pocket. You have pockets? Of course. But you don't wear clothes. And? Nothing. I I don't need a handkerchief. Thanks, Frankie Teddy. <laughs> the pocket is my asshole. <laughs> this thing, it's a nature's pocket. <coughs> Miss Hatchet Face looked a bit green as she handed the handkerchief back to Frank and Teddy. Are you, uh... Oh, um... Are you gonna put this in your pocket? Later. I. Okay. <laughs> I call it my ashtray. <laughs> Sarah came over and sat down in the dirt next to Miss Hatchet Face. She didn't say anything, but the look on her face made it clear she was worried. What the hell happened just now? She shook her head. I don't know. No, this is oh. Sarah. No. Oh, yeah. I don't know, but it's not good. He shouldn't... Oh, no, it is. You're right. I don't know, but it's not good. He shouldn't have been able to attack someone with the blood of Satan. The moment he swung the club, she should have burst into flames and... He should have... He should have burst into flames and... She looked at Sarah. What? How did you make the demon obey you? What do you mean? You shouldn't have been able to counteract Satan's orders. Unless you somehow have more satanic blood than Satan himself. Which is impossible! Sarah frowned. Regardless, this is no longer a place for a human little girl and her father to be wandering around. Frank and Teddy, I want you to take them back. Sarah opened her mouth as if she was about to argue, but she seemed to think better of it and closed it again, slumping her shoulders. I also think it would be prudent, Frank and Teddy replied. He raised his arms and the purple and black flames licked up around us, but this time there was no sensation of being sucked up through a straw. This time we stayed exactly where we were. What the? I do not understand. Miss Hatchet Face turned her face skyward. Oh my god! He sealed it up! It cannot be! What happened? Miss Hatchet Face looked at me. She had gone so pale, she could have passed for human. Satan! He sealed up the gates of hell! There's no way for us to get back to hell! Not until we find him! Oh. Then I guess we go to this Oryk Tar place, wherever that is. Have you been there? 
At the mention of Orektar, Miss Hatched Face went even paler. No demon is permitted at the gate of Orektar, but Satan himself. Evil things live there. More evil than demons? Much more. Ba, ba, ba. We need a third part? I don't know, because... Guys, I'm, I'm being honest. Get back to that star person. We need the third part. Oh, no. Here's the last part. You fucking bitch. Sorry. All right. Strap me a goddamn bench then, I guess. I won't get up. That's lots of pasta for you. Strapping you down. Putting it in raw. Giving this me is a the final one. Demon part, rub. Because for some reason they wanted to end this on part 11. They couldn't just squeeze this into part 10. Oh, what's worse than demons? I know. The answer in my head is racist. <laughs> Nazis? No. What? Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Alright. That sounds about right. Hello! What um, are you talking about? I want her to come back. I think she's out. I'm really upset. I know, there better be I'm someone sorry. else, because I'm, I'm gonna no, I'm gonna be Tyler Perry. I'm gonna be Tyler Perry. Ermagger. <laughs> I'll be Uncle Joe. <laughs> I really wish we never went to hell. <coughs> Amen. We trekked across the flat expanse of blood red desert. As we grew closer to the gate of Arakhtar, the landscape became more and more difficult to traverse. The sand became loose, and our feet sank in when we walked. Giant yellow bones jutted up like broken teeth. I tried asking Miss Hatchetface about what we'd find at Arakhtar, but she wouldn't say a word. Likewise, Frank and Teddy's usual cheerful demeanor had been replaced by an air of nervous silence. And so we made our way on in silence to a place where even demons feared to speak. The gate loomed as an enormous gray edifice in the distance. The monumental slate-gray stone pillars dominated the landscape, disappearing into the haze of dust that had replaced the clouds. Between them stood an oaken door that had must have seen the it must have been the size of a small town. Why does the gate need to be so big? My voice sounded small against the enormity of the structure before me. As if in answer, the ground shook and fissured snakes, and fissures snaked their way up the pillars. The gate threatened to crumble at any moment. I'd hoped we weren't under it when it did. We arrived at the gate to see Satan standing there, jabbering away on his cell phone. I'm sure we can work something out. There's no need to... Yes, I understand, but... Miss Hatchetface yelled. Satan spun around on his heel and looked at us. What the hell are you doing here? You shouldn't use bad words in front of Sarah! Miss Hatchetface chastised. It's okay, I'm used to it. Okay, but seriously, you guys shouldn't be here right now. We don't want to be here! But someone sealed off the exits to hell! All right, I'll unseal them, but you have to promise to... <laughs> the ground shook again, and the cracks in the pillars deepened and spread like errant lightning bolts. 
And the cracks in the pillars and the silver spoons. <laughs> Stop, it. Stop it. Pieces of stone rained down from the sky like deadly rain. No, 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 Satan said in his cell phone. I'm not ignoring you. Some friends of mine just showed up. Listen, now's not really a good time for the apocalypse. Do you think that maybe we could... What's that now? They're from Earth. Why? But that's... How is that possible? No. No, no, sir. I'm not questioning your judgment. Okay, I'll let them know. Satan tried clicking the phone. The phone shut but dropped it on the ground by mistake. I've never been good with these things. The claws make it hard to type. Satan, what the hell is going on? Well... The Elder Gods seem to have, uh, awoken, anyway. You know how the big bosses are, always apocalypse this and genocide that. The Elder Gods? Miss Hatchetface bit her lip and went ghost white. How, how did it happen? Well, you know Jerry. Jerry who? Jerry the intern. Same there are like... Eight interns named Jerry. No, the one with the axe in his head. You mean Farsnall? That's no, that's just his nickname. His real name's Jerry. Okay, what about him? Well, he was supposed to perform the Rite of Everlasting Slumber a couple weeks ago, but the goat he slaughtered was actually a llama. And it turns out Jerry isn't so smart, and may, maybe it's the axe in the head. So the gods woke up. Aren't there safeguards against that sort of thing? Well, you know, Gary, the intern, just had your face said. I don't want to know, Satan. So the other gods are up and are planning to demolish hell, is that it? Well, Satan tugged his collar. Well, why? Well, yes, that, but also Earth. It's okay, I've got a plan. Oh, no! Miss Hatchet face planted her hand on her forehead. It's easy. All you gotta do is run my mall. <laughs> Anyone stupid fucking Any mall. Any stupid fucking idiot can run my fucking mall. Crack. Crack. Cocaine. The great oaken door to the netherworld cracked and bulged in the center, sending giant splinters of wood flying off like missiles. Then it gave the beast from the netherworld burst forth. Oh my god, hello! Oh my god! <laughs> Hi, I'm Jack Nicholson. Trying hey, to be Medea. Hey, hey everyone, look, I'm Medea. Look at me, I'm Jack Nicholson. The netherworld creature was like something from a nightmare. It was an oily black monstrosity that distorted the reality around it. As its shape shifted and shimmered, it was colossal beyond imagining, and its true form was indiscernible as it swallowed the light around it. I had to do a double take as the next being came striding out of the netherworld gate. It was a human woman dressed in a black form-fitting blazer and pencil skirt. I looked around for Satan to explain, but I couldn't see him amongst the rubble. I wondered if he had been crushed by a falling rock. The woman checked her clipboard, pushed her wire-rimmed glasses up her nose. Is there Miss Sarah Rogers present? Uh, yes. The secretary glanced over up her glasses. 
the, sec the secretary glanced up over her glasses. Hello, Miss Rogers. I represent the legal interests of Mr. Erznock, the world eater. Okay. First off, Mr. Erznock wanted to extend his sincerest apologies that you were nearly crushed to death by a troll demon earlier today. Mr. Erznock had simply wanted to invade the mind of the demon to communicate with you. However, as I'm sure you know, homicidal fury is an unfortunate side effect of being mind-controlled by another world being. I was almost crushed to death because of a side effect? We maintain that the convenience of Netherworld mind control outweighs the side effect profile, cholesterol, medication, and side effects too, but without them, Earth people wouldn't be able to gorge themselves on double cheeseburgers with impunity. Okay, well, why did he want to talk to me? The secretary checked her clipboard again. It seems Mr. Erznock had the Earth scheduled for demolition this Wednesday. Today's Wednesday. Yes, however, it has come to Mr. Esnock's attention that a netherworld refugee is still at large within the realm of Earth. As such, the Earth cannot be destroyed at this time. What does that have to do with me? Sarah asked. We have the refugee listed as a Miss Sarah Rogers, the secretary said. Me? But I'm not from the netherworld. I'm from Earth. Right, Dad? Yes, that's right, I said, turning away the nameless secretary. I was here for her birth. The secretary checked the clipboard again. This record is for Sarah Rogers Sr. Sarah's eyes went wide. We are Satan. We're the fucking demons. Oh my god, Are you is. telling me that my ex-wife is from the netherworld? How is that possible? We had a foreign exchange program set up with the University of Arizona in 1987. I met my wife at the University of Arizona in 1987. Well, there you go. Wait, isn't that the year all those students went missing for two months and came back possessed by demons? Was it all covered up by the administration? I don't know anything about that, sir. Really seems like you would, the secretary cleared her throat. <clears> throat. The Netherworld is absolved from legal responsibility for any unfortunate demon-possessed events. Those students signed waivers. They waived their right to not be possessed by demons. Nobody read those things, <laughs> she said, shrugging her shoulders. Look, I said, I have no idea where my ex-wife is. Well, I suggest you'd find her, the secretary said. In the meantime, as a descendant of the Netherworld being, your daughter will stay here. What? Don't worry, Mr. Rogers. We have an excellent daycare here in the netherworld. This, <laughs> this is unacceptable! Frank and Teddy boomed. I will not abandon my charge to the dangers of the netherworld. It's perfectly safe. The secretary crouched down and put a big fake grin as if as she looked at Sarah. Here, girl, she said in a high-pitched voice. I'm not a dog, Sarah said. Fine, the secretary said, standing up and making a note on her clipboard. She snapped her fingers, and an orb of shining black light enveloped Sarah. Hey, stop that! Frank and Teddy ran at the orb, but he got there too late. Sarah had vanished. Thank you very much for your understanding, Mr. Rogers. What the f That's the end! That's not the end! Mr. Esnock, the world eater, would be very grateful if you could locate the Netherworld refugee, as you were the last person to have seen her. 
the secretary in the netherworld being slunk back through what remained of the gate. The shattered stone stubs of the pillars crumpled into dust as we stared at each other. Well, what do we do now? I said. The others merely shrugged. What the fuck? Why does this story not end? It's not that I'm, like, disliking it. It's just that I keep thinking it's, like... The end is coming. I keep assuming that there's gonna be closure. Mm-hmm. And there's not fucking closure. There's closure. Explains my emotional state. God jam- Goddamn Jerry. The sailors say Jerry is a fine girl. What a good wife he will be. <laughs> but my life, my loving, my lady, is Miss Hatcherface. Yeah, that's a good point. Right? They say her Miss Hatcher, she's got a face. So that was two years ago. Oh, he didn't finish it. Guys, go on a hunt. If you're real fans, you'll find us the rest of this story. Why are all of these posted in separate places? There's no series link. Oh shit. Why can't I find... So Why I... can't we be friends? <laughs> Stop Why it. Can't... Well, so, oh, I can't okay. find... I can't find part 14, but, but there's a part 15. I'm so fucking confused, guys. Help me. Help me figure this out. I can't help you. Oh my god. I found 12. I found 13. The sailor said 13. She's a number. Stop it. What a good number she would be. But what they don't realize. Alright, let me go to. She's unlucky. I can already confirm we have like four more parts to read, so we're obviously gonna have to do another part episode. three, baby. Medea's coming back, <laughs> no, Miss Robin. She probably isn't. Hey, Lou. <laughs> I wonder know what happened to her. Stop. What happened to Miss Robin's? Don't you remember she's like went off, and then they went to Disney. What happened? Hey, oh hashtag God, guys, apple. guys, <laughs> guys, hashtag justice for Miss Rarebeans. So we just read seven, eight, nine, ten, and eleven. We read five parts. I know that there is probably twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, and final on the next one. So fuck, folks, this really is going to be a three-parter. A completely unintended uh, Christmas, you know, 
that just keeps that keeps coming back to haunt us apparently. Maybe. I don't yeah. hate the story. I think at this point it's more like a uh kind of satirical like Wizard of Oz, I would probably compare it to. It's almost like they keep going like there's a colorful cast of characters, they're in like a world they don't understand, and like we're supposed to have this almost magical view of hell and and you know Sarah's magical powers and shit. It's very I don't know, kid friendly, no sweet stuff. Yeah, and I mean <laughs> Toto. It's no different for me than like Over the Garden Wall, which still has yeah. its creepy moments, but is ultimately just like you know, Alice in Wonderland had a Halloween baby. So, you know, it's it's not a bad read. It's just a little repetitive. I feel like it it has this way of saying the same thing a million times and it doesn't like I feel like if you were to condense some of these parts together, it would almost make a better summed up part than like it two separate things, but you know. Who's your favorite character? I think Teddy is probably my favorite character, honestly. I think, um, I mean, I really liked reading for the troll <laughs> this episode. I really, the idea of like a pissed off Scottish troll is just hilarious to me. Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely enjoyed doing that, but, but I've always liked Frank and Teddy the most. I think, I think I've, I've had like a imaginary friend that is like a large teddy bear before, you know? My favorite is um, anyone that I voice. <laughs> specifically Miss Sa- Robin. Sa- specifically Miss Robin. Satan Ermer. is my favorite character. Ermer-ger. Really? Yeah, I like him. Ermagler, three party for Satan. I'm trying to do like a. Uh, what's, it's what's a good time? What's his name from? Uh, from Big Mouth, the the demon, the. Oh, you mean the shame lizard? The shame, the shame lizard. No, oh, you're my not best friend, shameless. shame lizard. I mean shame with shame lizard. Shame lizard. Are you saying my name is Shame? <laughs> you're my best friend, shame lizard. <laughs> when I, I, lo- I love that show. Thing, I was watching it today, and I was just. I was, I'm just gonna try to dim. Doodle got school about me up paying for my sins now. <laughs> I love Jordan Peele in that role. And now Jay is the fuck machine. I was watching the Valentine's Day episode. <laughs> the it was pillows. The fuck. The fucking the pillows. fucking Elon Musk, bro. Oh. I wanna fuck so both good, of you, right? It's so but I good. can't fuck both of you, <laughs> so I'm lost. My dick doesn't know what to do. <laughs> Oh, so Stuff good. that grape leaf. <laughs> you know what's funny that we didn't talk about? What? Uh, you and I went and... This is probably going to explain those jokes in the middle of this episode that we just sagged into. Um, you and I went and saw Tim and Eric <laughs> live. Yeah, we did. I had gotten you uh, tickets to... Uh, to see them for for Christmas and we had like box seats it was super nice and the show was fucking awesome and now it's just like now I hope they continue touring because we've missed them the other like seven times I know. they've been around um, they might do a beef house or beef boys tour <laughs> I don't know <laughs> would you want to see no. that? 
I didn't like Beef Boys too much. Um, I liked their variety stuff. It was just so funny. The, from the from the intro video about how <laughs> Eric had to talk Tim into um, uh, into going on tour because he has like nothing left in his life, and uh, Eric literally just wants to hang out with his boys up at a lodge up at, or like a with a movie like theater. a dude ranch and. Uh, and from from that point into the you're not allowed to clap, <laughs> you had to like make like uh, sounds by hitting your wrists together, like you. So the so the entire audience is just like, uh, uh. <laughs> they wanted you to like yell without saying words. So it was very interesting. Um. The cooking show was just fucking hilarious. What was the disease that everybody got? I don't know. <laughs> but it's interesting to think about you now. You got... Oh my god. I can't even remember. What was it? You got... Pork's disease. Pork's disease. <laughs> right. Right. Um. I just love the... the it, like, the musical opening. Yeah. Like, the drugs. <laughs> We're better than Batman. We're better than... Superman, we're better than Aquaman. It was a good time. The cowboy segment. So what, what the fuck, what the are, fuck we are we doing? doing? What the fuck? Are, this is fucking stupid. <laughs> they, like, literally had people come up on stage and, like, they just yelled at them. They just, like, got in their face. Like, he even slapped a couple of them. Are you fucking paying attention? Get your head out of your ass. Get off my fucking just a, stage. Just, put a, just put a little bit. I said a little bit. <laughs> oh my god. It, there was just so there were so many good segments and I can't I can't speak any more highly of it. Like it's now become a thing where Frowns and I are going back and rewatching the entire show because you know we liked the movie, we like parts of the show that we we've seen, but we've never like actually sat down and watched the entire show. I just bought the tickets because you know Frowns really likes the movie, which is pretty good, um, but really only the like last act of the movie is the best. The first two are just awful. <laughs> But, but super, jeans. super quotable shit, let me tell you. And, um, I like the, I want to get really fucking high. I want to cut my fucking arm off. Put That's a bunch a good, of shit up our holes. Put a bunch of shit up our holes. I want to get so fucking high. You know, the, the two horses riding in the wind montage. It's a good time. Will Ferrell. You gotta run my mall. <laughs> Will Ferrell and, uh... You want these billion dollars? You gotta run my mall. And, uh, John C. Riley as Taquito. Yeah, that was it. John C. Riley as Taquito. Zach Galifianakis as their, their manager. I don't even set... I don't set foot on set without Jim Joe. You think I'm coming to set without, without my Jim, Jim Joe? Joe? Well, he, Jim Joe! <laughs> Jim Joe! Come back! <laughs> So talented. Hello, so <laughs> <coughs> anyway. Jim Joe. We wish you the best. <laughs> Goodbye. You're fired. So anyway, um, this has been 
a, a nice little coronavirus episode with uh, Franz McBoobhoon in my new layer. What do you think of my layer? We've been two episodes in on my new layer. Um, sound quality is good. Definitely has good sound quality. Um, definitely has some like uh, vibes that like you know you might try to give me some of your pudding and I might pass out on this couch. Um, definitely has some of those vibes. Definitely also, uh, I mean, it's a room with electricity and, uh, you know, I guess that's all that really matters in the end. The sailor said Gacy was a fine girl. <laughs> no, he, no, he wasn't. What a good clown he would be. He wasn't. He was a very but bad he took clown. me to his house and he raped me. Then killed me. <laughs> you're, you're a fucking like you are a lyrical There's, savant. I, like, like you are you're retarded. I know. <laughs> you, you, I know. You are stupid. I know. I'm actually um. But I'm, stupid good. You know they're having at, at changing lyrics to songs. Where they're and ha- making it work. I know, right? They're doing a. They're doing a. Just so you know, guys, no, nothing I do have is is ever scripted. Except for the pasta, and you know, sometimes I don't follow that. But obviously, uh, obviously. but listen, obviously. but listen, obviously. guys, you you want to take advantage of something while we're all like, you know, we, I know we have some people in Australia who listen to us, and you know, there's a lot of people suffering out there. Let you go online, like they're selling all these like college courses for like thirty bucks, forty bucks. Buy it on Amazon, like a whole whole like course, like you know, credits course on just everything. I'm thinking about getting the creative writing one. Nice. I think I'm gonna start writing. I have taken many creative writing classes, and I would love to read stories you have to write. Yeah, I've read. Uh, I almost said his name. I've read uh, Tom Bombadil's mm-hmm. stuff that he wrote in in college and in his master's program. Uh, Gestalt. We all know he's a fucking talented writer. He was. He's been fucking published. Mm. Um, yeah, we have a lot of talent here on this show, and. Yeah. Uh, Fuck, we've read something I wrote on this show. What? My Slender Man story. We read that in an episode. Oh, shit. I guess I should... Uh, episode 16. 16? Yeah. It's a really... It's a fun story. Django, who I read that story with, at the very end, he was like, you wrote that? And I was like, yeah. He was like, I really like that. And I'm not, you know, I'm not blowing smoke. I really like that. And I was like, thank you. Your opinion, you know, it matters. And you know your your opinion matters, and just the fact that I'm talking is you know it's uh, it's half the battle. <laughs> it is half the battle. You have, to, you have to commit. So um, this is this has been a lots of pasta experience. Um, I hope everyone is okay. I hope everyone is staying safe. I know several people has have messaged me during this whole outage since I put the show on on hiatus um, while I've uh, waited for um, my my show to come back up and then this pandemic kind of started you know we're gonna have some time we're gonna have a couple months to put some material out so uh, you know you can look forward to maybe I, I want to put it at like 10 I'll record 10 episodes between now and when my show starts back up and then we'll uh you know that that'll be the next hiatus for 
uh, when my show is actually going on, and I need and I need some time to to do stuff. Frowns, any any words of wisdom to leave us with? Fuck off! <laughs> All right, you heard it here first, folks, from from Frowns McBoohoo. and thanks you know thanks for listening, thanks for being loyal subscribers, and you know, hang in there. We'll we'll be we'll be back soon. The sailor say lots is a pasta <laughs> Telling spooky spooks they would be Great, you ruined it! <laughs> Away to the day's end when the moon is high A little rise with the tide with the lust for life out Unless an army I will run us a whore And then we'll look across the land until we stand at the shore Away to day's end when the moon is high And then I rise with the tide with the lust for life out Unless an army I will run us a whore And then we'll look across the land until we stand at the shore